You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago Podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dengel. Uh, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Ryan Dengel. That's D-E-N-G-E-L. Uh, just as I say pretty much every single week, if you are listening, uh, you're one of our audio-only listeners, excuse me, come check us out on YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube and you want to go back and listen to an old episode or maybe you had a cutout early or something along those lines, you want to come by and uh, you know check us out. We're on Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast. I'm going to go ahead and bring in my favorite co-host, Brendan Chagru. Um, he, he is the assistant editor of Bears Wire. His name is Brendan Chagru, and if you want to find him on Twitter, it's at Brendan Chagru. That's S-U-G-R-U-E. Brendan was just on WGN again. Uh, so you're like famous. No, I'm not. I'm not famous. I'm just, just a guy who talks about the bears. And, um, this was a, this was a busy week though. I got to, uh, I got to talk with Larry on WGN, uh, a few hours after I had just talked with Tremaine Edmonds doing an interview. So that was cool. Like just kind of like all the bear stuff happening at once, but it was fun. You know, I mean, like, it's it's no big deal. It's just it's fun. I'm happy to be happy to be included. I thought you were going to say I'm your favorite Bears host co-host because uh, just of all the encouragement I've been giving you about your fantasy team, and just I'm so happy for you that your your team is doing so well. You made all the right moves. Th- that's all. I, I thought it was very encouraging. You're still mad because I forgot you in the outro last week, aren't you? No, I actually forgot about that. <laughs> but now I can use that as a crutch, so thank you. Uh, new microphone or just new microphone stand? Because New it looks microphone all shiny. stand. Yeah. Ooh, I, it's uh, so shiny. Cost me 20 bucks on Amazon. Just, you know, hooked it up to my desk because the I'll, I'll let people behind the scenes here. Every time I had to use my microphone... I moved my keyboard like up out of the way. And so every time I had to type, I'm like typing like this and it's so uncomfortable. And I'm like, no, nah, that's, that's dumb. So uh, now I got this kind of in the way, but it's so much easier to, you know, if I want to respond to comments or, or yeah. talk to you guys. So yeah, it's cool. It's cool to have your microphone somewhere in, in the shot too, right? Like it makes you feel professional or something along those. Like, we should probably bring in the other guys at this point. Yeah, probably. Let's bring in. Let's bring in Jack Wright. Uh, if you want to find Jack on Twitter, it's at Bear Down Jack. Jack, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How about this? Uh, cousin Heidi comes to town. Bears win. Yes, that's how it goes. Yes, that's amazing. Heidi, um, Heidi can't leave. I'm sure she can't listen right now. She always listens, but Heidi, you cannot leave the city because the yep. Bears are good luck. You are good luck to the Bears. So this is the second week in a row where I spilled something on my jersey. Uh, so I was wearing a Walter Payton jersey today, and uh, it got something all over the front of it. So I decided, hey, it's time for my Khalil Mack jersey to come back. He did play for the Raiders. He did play for the Bears. So there's that. 
Just are get you, too excited, spill stuff on your on your jersey, Ryan. Um, I put together the dollhouse. My dad came over. Uh, it's so tall, like it's tall. It's like a like two feet taller than my daughter right now. She can't even use the top floor of the dollhouse while we were watching the Bears game. So nice. I know everyone's really excited about that. Let's bring in Patrick Sheldon. If you want to find Patrick Sheldon on Twitter, it's at p underscore shells. Hi, shells. How was uh? How was uh, paintball this weekend, right? Isn't that what you guys do in the Army? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Are you, are you guys, are you done talking to your favorite co-host? Or are you, re- are you ready for me? Is that, are we done? Am I interrupting? We respect for- the troops here. <laughs> I forgot yes, his that's name. that's all we do in the Army. We play paintball I- pretty much all weekend. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Exact opposite of what we do. Sounds- yeah, that would be awesome. I would love paintball all weekend. In fact, I may I may drop it in the suggestion box, which we also have in the army. We have a nice little suggestion box. Yeah, just, yeah, yeah. I'll, right. I'll make we a should, note. We should probably probably talk about the Bears at some point. Maybe yeah. they got to win. They did. They did. They did. They did. Yes. Hey, uh, Jack, do you want to maybe talk about somebody else first before we talk about the Bears? Yeah, let's do it because uh, we have some of the best sponsors uh, around. Like, for instance, uh, Sheridan's Barbershop, which, as many of you know by now, is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois, but also in Naperthrill. More on that to come in just a moment. Uh, But they've been serving the community for 69 years with six barbers and open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to Sheridan'sBarbershop.com or you can call 630-668-0137 and book yours today. Or if you want, like if that's not the best option for you and you'd like to go someplace else, they have expanded their biz, yo. You can go to Hensel's Barbershop located in downtown Naperville. They've been in business since 1966. There are six barbers there in neighbor thrill it's open tuesday through saturday and you can either walk in or you can make an appointment you can book yours at hensel's barbershop check that henselsbarber.com that's h-e-n-c-z-e-l-s barber.com so go to either one of those because it's where traditional meets modern those guys hook you up they're fantastic especially if you go let Will or whoever cuts your hair know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. Okay, uh, boys, let's get overall thoughts on the game. Overall thoughts on the game. We're going to go Brendan, Jack, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Overall thoughts, boys. Oh, wait. Would you like to do <laughs> Brendan's should. breakdown first? You know, it's or? funny. I was I was moving it out of the way because I was like, oh, shoot, we're no, not doing this. That um, thing up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a little, I'm a no, little, I'm a little, I'm a little off my game. I apologize. So Brendan, if you could please break down the game for us, I know I would appreciate it. And our listeners sure would appreciate it as well. Windy city this Sunday as the Chicago bears. Welcome. Raiders of Las Vegas. Wanting to see both starting quarterbacks play, let's just say you gambled and you lost. The Bears got things started, though, as Mike Tyson Bajan to Deontay George Foreman landed all of the punches. Foreman grilled the defense, not one, but two rushing touchdowns in the first half, the second of which came after Jermaine 
Tremaine Dupree Edmonds said, I got to have it when he snagged an interception. The Raiders' only points came from Daniel Tucker, Tucker Carlson, who uncharacteristically went too far left on a miss, going one of two on field goals as the Bears led 14 to three. Tyson and Foreman delivered knockout punches in the third quarter when they connected for another touchdown, but the Bears weren't about to let up yet. Brian Georgetown Hoya threw up a lob dialed up by Sheldon's favorite coach, Ed Cooley, that was intercepted by Jalen Johnson, who went coast to coast and slam dunked this game shut. Even a late dagger by Jacoby Michael Myers couldn't scare the Bears from getting a win as we get close to Halloween. Bears 30, Raiders 12. I'm sorry. That was, yeah, that was worth the me screwing up for, for Brendan to get it right. So Brendan, thank you. They're always a little more sweet with a win. And they had, just to be fair, uh, behind the scenes again, Ryan was toting an infant baby like two seconds ago who was fussy and crying. So all grace to you, my friend. Thank oh, you yeah. very, very much. Yeah. She was, uh, she was, she, she was losing her mind. She doesn't like me. So there are three women in my house that don't like me. Oh, <laughs> Uh, yeah yeah tj's got it right yeah the tucker carlson i never thought that would reference that was perfect uh bravo bravo i had to and i had to get you know sheldon's uh sheldon's favorite coach but in there as well stop it we don't talk about (laughs) we don't talk about ed cooley on this podcast it was intercepted. <laughs> Did, didn't you like shout him out like three or four times? Oh, there's tweets, man. Or... He, he yeah. has got all yeah. of the. Before he revealed himself to be the fraud that he is, I did. I absolutely did. All right. It's now, on site, Ed. It's on site. <laughs> now, now, can we talk about the Chicago Bears yes. win? They won a football game. Can I we talk about that? Me. Let's go, Brendan, Jack, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. So this was just a complete dominating win, I'd say, by the players, the coaching staff. Like everybody, for the most part, was on their P's and Q's. I thought Luke Getze put together an offense that we've really, we've all been wanting to see. You know, just ground up on the football, let your quarterback kind of make those easy throws to move the ball and control the time of possession. I don't know why it took for an undrafted rookie quarterback to get, you know, in the starting lineup for that to finally happen. Because, look, as much as Justin Fields can make those big plays and be a dynamic athlete, you you have to dial it back sometimes. And I think a game plan like this would have helped him. But, look, the Bears got the win from it. I thought it was fantastic. Um, I can't believe that Deontay Foreman was inactive for so many weeks. I mean, I understand wanting to get Roshan involved. But this was a guy, and I, I know you were excited about him too, Ryan, when he came over in free agency. This was the type of player I was thinking that the Bears were going to get. Just, you know, continue to run up the middle, be a force in the toss game, bounce off tacklers. He rarely went down on first contact and just controlling the line of scrimmage with the run game and really thwarting the Raiders of anything like their offense. The only way that their offense was able to move the ball was the Bears defensive penalties. That was it. I mean, otherwise, they were like unless you count the last drive of the game when nobody was even trying at that point. But um, it, it was I, I was really impressed. I was really happy. I understand the Raiders are the worst three and three team I think I've ever seen in my lifetime with just a hack coaching staff. Um, and this game, while I say it was like a complete domination, it wasn't perfect. And we're going to get into that. But overall, I, I was I was very happy to see it happen. I'm not in the tank for Caleb or Drake or 
you know, for any draft picks yet. I just can't do that in mid-October. I want to see wins, and I'm happy we got a win. Super Bears, Super Bowl. Let's go. No. Uh, so that's a dub, and that's a good dub, and we'll take it. Um, <laughs> obviously, uh, you know, the Bears are still the Bears. They, uh, you know, you bring up a great point. They have a stable full of running backs who run with a burst and a like complete forward lean. I'm really impressed uh, with the depth in the running back room. That's been great. It, it was an all-around well-orchestrated game. It really was. Uh, aside from the penalties, um, you know, which were a little sloppy, I wasn't impressed with, I'd say, pretty much every facet of the game. Well, except for the the, the end of the first half. Uh, yeah. Clock. But I, I would say there are fewer glaring issues in this game uh, than there have been in past weeks. It's just, I, I'm, I'm happy and confused. I just, I don't quite understand. Like the... The, the consistent inconsistency of someone like Luke Getze. I, I'm not spending a lot of time trying to figure it out, if I'm being honest, because I think we just have a sample size that tells us who he is. And I'm glad he got it right today. Whether he gets it right next week or not, that is very up in the air. Yeah, so uh, full disclosure, I didn't see the whole game because I was apparently playing paintball all weekend, and I caught bits and pieces of it. I saw a fair amount of the Bears' offensive drives, though. What I'll say, I I know we'll get into some of the specifics later, and we'll talk um, Bajan's performance, but bigger picture, I just want to kind of step back and appreciate uh, the moment, right? Like, it's it's a cool thing, and cool things don't often happen to this team. Uh, so I know there's a lot of talk on there about like draft position and is Bajent the future? Is he better than Fields? Is he? I think a reporter even asked Eberflus after the game if Fields is the number one when he comes back. Like, I don't know. I I just want to enjoy a really cool moment for the show Bears, and that is an undrafted free agent. Uh, I think, Brandon, you pointed out the first rookie to win his first start since Caleb Haney. Is that true? No, um, it's it's worse, man. It's Craig Krenzel, it's almost twenty years Craig ago. <laughs> oh my gosh, Craig yeah. Krenzel. That's wow. uh, yeah. Sorry, that's what I meant. Craig way Krenzel. Back. Um, sorry, there's so many awful Bears uh, yeah. <laughs> quarterbacks that begin with the C, apparently. But like, it's just a cool moment, and so congratulations to Tyson Bajan. I thought you know he showed 100%. a lot of poise. We can we can talk performance later and stuff, but let's just like not think about draft position for a night. Let's not think about. You know, the Caleb Williams sweepstakes, which I hope we kind of get into because I got some thoughts on that later. But um, I'm just happy for for Tyson. I'm happy for the Bears. Uh, that locker room looked very, very uh, relieved in the postgame. And I'm happy for them. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll talk game plan. We'll talk specifics later. But I'm just going to recognize the moment for now. I want to jump in on that real quickly because I think you bring up a good point about it. I, I was really impressed, and I thought Tyson said something in his Wednesday press conference saying, as an undrafted quarterback and somebody out of D2, you kind of think that this might be the end of the road, and you don't know if you're ever going to see an NFL start ever again, like in a regular season. And he was kind of like, you know, I'm just appreciating that moment. And then to see him invite all of his family and just to have that, like, you're right. It is something bigger, and that is super, super cool to see for somebody who – basically said, well, I'm going to be a high school teacher and get jacked. If this is, you know, <laughs> if this doesn't work out, he's going to turn he into does. PC principal. <laughs> so you're, that's a really good point, Sheldon. 
I want to bring up this comment uh, from Matt Vanderzanden. Matt, how are you, dude? Uh, Matt and I, uh, we go way, 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 way back, way more than I would like to admit. Uh, I wish we could see this type of offensive game with Fields. I, I don't understand it. I think at the beginning of the season, I said the thing that I was most looking forward to is our stable of running backs, that they have a really good running back team. But Luke Getze doesn't want to run the football. But when the Bears run the football, they're competitive. Last season, right, Brendan, it is well documented. You brought this up several times, right, that 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 bye week, sort of that mini bye week, right, because the Bears played the Commanders on a Thursday night. And when they came back that next Sunday, it was a run-first offense. And the Bears, they did it really, really well. I don't understand what why they are so apprehensive about running the football. It's been several times where running backs have been averaging over five yards a carry when we run the football, but they're like, nah, let's run some more screens because those keep working really, really, really well. First play of the game, boys, what was it? You got a text message from me right away. It was a screen. It was. It was a screen that didn't produce a lot of yards. Shocking. I know. I don't know, man. I I mean, six yards, four to six yards, I think. That's not bad. That's essentially a decent run. You you sure you sure you still your favorite co-host? <laughs> not anymore. No, yeah. not anymore. Not I anymore. My internet yeah. was blacking out because you guys. Just yeah, no, 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 I was like, <laughs> I mean, so so think about it. Tyson Bajan throws for a buck sixty two, one hundred and sixty two yards, right? If 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 Fields was doing that, people are up in arms and screaming, "Wow, what's wrong with Fields?" Right? But in, in this moment, right, we're kind of like. You know, we're, we're, we're happy. We're happy for this kid just for all the reasons that you guys were just talking about, um, as, as it should be, right? Like, it, it was a big moment for him, and he played well. I mean, we're going to talk about the specifics a little bit more, but just, like, his movement in the pocket is very good. It's very, very good. In fact, you know what, boys? You know what? Because I'm the I'm the host, I'm going to do this. I'm going to throw out our very first true-false, right? I know we have a lot more to talk about, but I want to throw my first true-false out there. True or False. Tyson Bajan is a better quarterback when it comes to movement in the pocket. When it comes to movement in the pocket, let's go the exact same order. Let's go Brendan. Let's go Jack Shells, and I will finish it up. Uh, movement in the pocket. I, can can you be a little more specific, Mister Dangle? Absolutely. So Justin Fields is a dynamic athlete that no one will. Tyson Bajan is not. Justin Fields, when he's running the football, I thought he ran the football pretty well. Uh, but Tyson Bajan's ability to move around within the pocket to find receivers in okay. another spot, I think, is, is is essentially what I'm talking about. Okay. All right. So in your, if you're talking about that specific part of his game, I will say true because Fields, we've seen it. He's a little lackadaisical when he's getting into his dropbacks. And, you know, sometimes he's – he's maybe not going through his progressions or he's bailing out trying to run and Tyson did as well. Like he was, you know, rolling right and left, but I thought he was doing a good job of setting his feet and ensuring that the ball got to his target. I think fields most of those times probably would have just run for a first down, which he can do as a dynamic athlete. But um, yeah, it's, it's sometimes it's a little too skittish in my opinion, like his feet are a little too quick and he's maybe not as set, but um Overall, I, I think you can say that he's just, yeah, not the same dynamic athlete, doesn't have the same arms, arm, can't make the biggest throws, even though maybe he said he says he can. Um, yeah, with that specific part, I, I think I'll agree. 
just Jack, before, before you throw in, there's just one thing, Brendan, when we went to training camp, I don't remember if I said this to you or not, but it's definitely something I thought about. Um, I just didn't think to bring it up because, uh, Bajant mania wasn't a thing yet. When the quarterbacks were throwing deep balls, I, I swear I did say this to you. He did not have the same arm that the other quarterbacks had. I yeah, mean, I remember. No, I do remember talking about this because I think I even I even said um, I was like, I could probably throw if like nobody's like pressuring me or anything. I could probably throw a decent deep ball. I don't know how accurate it's going to be, but I, you know, got a decent arm. And we said like, yeah, Tyson, it's just not there. Um, other people, I know Jonathan Wood on Twitter said something similar when he was there. Bajan's throws were just kind of like landing five, 10 yards shorter than the other quarterbacks. So yeah, that's definitely something that's valid. So of course he didn't have the Hail Mary attempt. Nathan Peterman did. And that's kind of where this is coming from because Bajan said, well, I have a cannon for an arm. We don't know about the deep ball. We just don't really know. No, Peterman has a stronger arm. You know, I would say true. I think neither of them are very good at stepping up in the pocket yet. Uh, it's not unusual, though, for young quarterbacks to be fearful to step up into the pocket. But I think even butt fumble Sanchez, I believe, mentioned that in some ways, Bajan offered a, a contrast. Uh, or I think he said that Bajan's play highlighted one of Fields's biggest weaknesses. And I thought that was a fair statement. Uh, I think, you know, uh, Bajan, at least for today, and it's a small sample size, had a better ability to keep his eyes up the field and um, utilize a lot of those evasive drills that quarterbacks drill day in and day out uh, to avoid sacks and still find an outlet or throw the ball away. Um, Fields has done it at times, but not consistently. Yeah, I'll, I'll say true as well. Uh, I think he does a better job of manipulating within the pocket. But um, I think, you know, he's obviously not the runner that Fields is. So he's really at all costs looking to throw the ball. He's he's looking to run truly as a last resort. There were actually uh, – there was that one sack he had where it's funny. I, I slipped back into uh, Fields mode. I, I For a second I thought he was still the quarterback because I saw him – sort of getting pressured. And I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a huge lane. He's going to bust this for like 40 yards. And then I was like, Oh, it's Bajan. And he got sacked. <laughs> and you realize that that for me was um, it really highlighted the difference between these two quarterbacks, because I totally expected the quarterback to break that and to run for, for 25, 30 yards and then realized it was Bajan. And, you know, like he is just not, he's not the runner. He's not as elusive. Um, so I think he, he has to, at a necessity, rely on being able to move within the pocket a little bit more. Um, so I'll, I'll say true. Uh, I don't know. You know, I, I, I do agree with Jack. I think, you know, that highlights the things that Justin Fields has not done well to this point. Um and I have a thought, Dangle. I don't. I don't want to go back to your question. Maybe we'll get to it later. But I have a thought on why they're not running that same type of offense. But uh, maybe we'll get to that in some of our final thoughts. Shells, just go for it. I mean, I think you know much of what you were going to say, or what has been said, is what I was going to say. Is Justin Fields is not good in the pocket. He holds the ball too long. I think Tyson gets the ball out pretty quick. Yeah. Um, but but you've already said it. He doesn't have the same arm, and he's not the same athlete. So what were you going to well, say, dude? 
I, I think I think Bajan's more the prototype that they want in that offense. And I think they came into this this season wanting Justin Fields to try to fit that paradigm, and he's not. Uh, and I think they're not going to call a game that fits Justin Fields' strengths. They're going to call a game that fits the strengths of the prototypical quarterback that they want in their offense. And I think those that skill set that's necessary to execute that offense – better aligns with Tyson Bajan's skill set than Fields' skill set. Um, I think even uh, Spiegel said it last week, and I thought I, I was I had like a cathartic moment. And I went, yeah, I think he's right. I don't think they want – I think they want to force him to prove he can be the kind of quarterback they want him to be. Um, and I think that's the, been the frustrating part for me this season because I think there are a lot of things that they could have done to extract – more out of Justin Fields in this offense. But I don't think they want to do it. I think they want to truly do it their way. Uh, and I think Bajent does it better their way than Fields at the moment. Anybody I, else thoughts on that? No, I, I could definitely see that. I mean, I've said from week one, I just don't know how good, how well Getze and this offensive staff work with Fields. And look where they came from. Getze with Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Um, Andrew Quagmire Janako with Kirk Cousins previously, like both pocket quarterbacks. And this is kind of that system they want, like the quick, quick drop, you know, easy throw, get the completion. Don't like, you know, go for the deep bomb or anything like that. Yeah. I I think I question it um, quite a bit. And I do want to highlight, I meant to do this in my, um, uh, my segment. Uh, Jeremy Layton had something right, like during the game that I thought was really just spoke to this, Really, like simply, he says, uh, Justin Fields is a better player than Tyson Bajan, and any talk of Tyson being QB1 when Fields is healthy is simply dumb. But watching Bajan play on time, get the ball out, and move through his progressions only highlights Fields' weaknesses at this point in his, his career. I know that's kind of what we all said, but it, especially at this point in his career, being in his third year, you still see those. Um, it, yeah, I just really question, and I have questioned Fields' fit in this system and in this offense. And that's why it's, it's kind of hard to, to see fields being the long-term answer because of that. If this staff continues to stay on. I just wonder, I mean, ultimately let me, let me propose something that let me say that I think perhaps you're wrong shells in, in terms of if the coaching staff was trying to develop fields as a pocket passer then what is wrong with that in other words whether it's Jalen Hurts or whether it's Patrick Mahomes or whether it's Allen with the Bills they run second but are very good pocket passers so isn't that what you want fields to develop into if he's going to be your franchise quarterback yeah but but why does it have to be one or the other why can't you develop that while you're progressing in the offense like why can't why can't it be concurrently it's those two things aren't mutually exclusive in my opinion you can still lean on his strengths and get him confidence and get him doing the things that he's comfortable doing and that I think will help bring him along as a pocket passer like if if you're comfortable um you're gonna have more success overall so I don't I don't see why it has to be an either or equation I I think they could do both and I because I think when Fields is doing the things he's more comfortable doing, I, I think the film has shown he ends up being more comfortable in the pocket, and you start to see more of those moments where he's comfortable in the pocket and he's executing. Mm-hmm. But then they go away from it, and um, I, you know, you got to know 
you got to know your personnel. You got to know the individual. You got to know how to develop that person. And there's no one size fits all approach to developing a quarterback. And I, I think the Bears have got it wrong big time with Fields. Uh, and it's it just sucks to see. Just really quick, Brendan, did you say Andrew Janoko? Because giggity, oh, giggity, 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 giggity. He gave it's a uh, yeah. Did the the chest yeah. bump? <laughs> yes. Yeah, well, I think his jaw got in the way, but there was a chest bump. <laughs> Please let the I wanna I want a press conference with that man. I just I just want to see it happen. Um okay, so boys, we can uh, how about okay, I got two other quick, and I do believe that these will be quick true falses. So if you could, please, boys, we're going to speed up this a little bit. Uh, true or false, you feel better about the defense after today's performance. Same order, boys. I do. I understand that. So true. Um, I understand that the Raiders offense is hot garbage, even though they have some elite playmakers like Josh Jacobs and Devontae Adams. But um, especially with some guys like Jalen Johnson, Tremaine Edmonds creating turnovers, um, maybe the pressure wasn't there like it had been in previous weeks, but the back end was much better. They played a much tighter game. Um, I, I have to, you can't feel worse. I mean, even if it was a bad game plan, I thought it was a very simplistic game plan from Josh McDaniels, but uh, I definitely feel better because they're actually generating those takeaways when they, you know, the opportunities arise. True. I think both last week and this week, there was um, a well orchestrated defensive plan. And uh, Brendan, you mentioned it. Uh, we caused three turnovers. Uh, we've been better, uh, much better. I know Ryan, you were, well, rightfully so upset with our third down. Uh, conversion or, you know, allowing them to convert first downs. We've been better there as well. Yeah. I don't know. I just, I think we're healthy. I think Flus maybe is in his element a little bit calling the defense. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I've been impressed so far. Also, I just want to mention how awesome is our chat tonight? Like people are just like having conversations and I love it. It's so cool to see. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to defer to you guys. Uh, as I said, I didn't get to see a lot of the game. I uh, What I did see was on the offensive side. Uh, I'll say the results look great, you know, the, the final product, but I didn't get to see the the actual game. Um, so I'll defer to you all. It, it seemed better, though. Somebody tweeted this, and I absolutely couldn't agree more. Iberflus is an okay defensive coordinator. He's a bad head coach. That two-minute offense, whatever that was, mismanagement, just god-awfulness, is, is, I think, emblematic of why Iberflus shouldn't be a head coach. But his defense seems like it's it's uh, it's playing better now that uh, his guys are getting healthy. I mean, to have Jalen Johnson come back, I think, is big, which, boys, we're just going to roll right into our last true-false. The Chicago Bears should sign Jalen Johnson to a longer it should say long-term deal uh, a, as soon as possible. Sorry about that, boys. I am running around after little children. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'll say true. Um, the as soon as possible thing kind of, it makes me, you know, a little hesitant because obviously his value is no, it, it's can't, it's, it's the highest it's ever been because Jalen Johnson historically has not generated turnovers. He gets two interceptions today. I mean, he more than doubled or he doubled what he had um, going into this game throughout his four year career. And he's just an elite cover corner no matter what. He's just got to stay healthy. He's missed multiple games now every season he's been in the league. Um, so I don't know if I'm going to sign him to an extension like this very minute, but definitely like later in the season or like the first thing during the offseason, 
I would I would want to because he is the anchor on that defense right now. You don't know the jury is still out on Kyler Gordon. I think he has some upside. Tyreek Stevenson's a rookie. Jaquan Brisker hit or miss a little bit, and Eddie Jackson's probably going to be gone. You need an anchor on that defense, and Jalen Johnson is that guy. I'm going to say true, but I would like to look up some contractual uh, details. And also if anybody here has a sense of what the payday might look like, I'd also be curious to hear that because it might um, feed into my answer, but you know, as the second round pick in 2020, he was 50th overall. Uh, he's, he's 24 years old. Um, and I, so I do think that he is in a prime period within his career. And as far as his performance goes, as a cover corner, it's somebody that uh, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. I would say lock him down. Won't yes, do it. Jack. Don't do it. All right. I won't do it. Okay. Uh, I'll say f- true for the most part, right? I think there's some variables in there that we need to iron out. Jack, you mentioned it. What's, what's the, what are the specifics of the deal? How long is the deal? Um, and health, honestly, like I, I, you know, I feel like Jalen Johnson, the way I'm probably going to feel about Tevin Jenkins when we're talking about whether we extend him. I love the player when he's on the field. Is he going to be on the field, right? Are we going to run into a situation like Eddie Jackson where he was dynamite for a couple years? We paid him a boatload of money. Not we. I didn't pay a dime of it, but uh, collectively as the Bears organization, they paid him a ton of money, and uh, he hasn't seen the field a whole lot last couple years. So, you know, they want. I want them to be smart about it. But um, just looking at it sort of in a vacuum, yeah, I mean, you got to at some point start keeping some talent on the field. The, the teardown is over. We're not in like a flip talent for some picks mode any longer. That That's over. Like we need to start the rebuild at some point or you're going to be in a perpetual state of rebuilding. So, um, yeah, start locking down your homegrown guys. Start building through the draft. And, and part of that is extending the guys that are successful that you draft. And I, I think that's Jalen Johnson. I just, I just hope he stays healthy. I got uh, contracts for Thank Jack's you. question real quickly. Um, all right. So the top one average per year, J- Jair Alexander with 21 million, definitely not going to come close to that. Um, you got a few guys in the 20 millions, then, um, you know, guys like uh, Darius Slade, Trevarius Ward at $13, $14 million. Dory Jackson uh, at $13 million. I think it's going to be around there because of the fact that he has not generated turnovers historically. There is the injury concern. And Jalen Johnson himself said, he's like, look, I know I can't get elite cornerback money. I'm not stupid. Um, he knows he's like on that good level, but not great level. So I would just, just to guess, I would say somewhere between 12 and $15 million per year. And that would be like just like top 10, like just outside top 10. I think, Brendan, you said he doesn't give turnovers, but he, look at how much better the secondary looks when he's back. I mean, Devontae Adams, he didn't shut him down by any stretch of the imagination, but him, like the two of them have had a, a bit of going back and forth, um, even when Devontae Adams was in Green Bay. Um, and I man, I, I just, I want to see this guy back. I, I think everybody else has said it. You need some talent. You need it to happen. All right. So, uh, anything else boys with that before we get to the outhouse and the penthouse? All right, folks. Well, it is time to go to the outhouse and the penthouse, the outhouse and the penthouse. 
I just got so excited. I wanted twice to do it. Yeah, let's do it twice. Just, we just why not, right? We got we got the 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 guy with the stadium announcer voice to do it. So so let's hear it twice, folks. We've talked about this endlessly. Our guy Jeff Cadwallader, he is an incredible guy. If you're thinking about buying or selling a home, or you're looking into commercial properties, right? Maybe you you want to start a new business, or you want to expand your business. You're thinking, man, I don't know. Should we reach out? Do yourself a favor, call Jeff Cadwalder or text him right now, 630-254-4734. Jeff, Cad- Jeff Cadwalder with SVN Landmark. He is as wonderful a guy as you can possibly imagine. And just you know, let him know what you're thinking about. A- ask a couple questions, right? Jeff will give you that, that no pressure thing. You can visit GenevaJeff.com if you don't want to shoot him a text but why not? What do you, what do you have to lose, right? If 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 Jeff isn't your guy, he's going to be gracious. He's going to be awesome. If you do talk to Jeff, let him know that the guys at the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. All right. So, wait a minute. We're doing penthouse first, then outhouse. So same order, boys. Penthouse. Oh man, this is tough. Like I got the pick of the litter. Um. All right, I'll just go with the. They're all easy, I think. There's like five easy ones. But I'll just say Tyson Bajant. Um, Again, for the reasons we mentioned, I'll just read off his stat line. 21 of 29, 162 yards, one touchdown, no interceptions, QB rating of 97. And he only took one sack. Um, I I was really just impressed with how he operated the offense. He maybe had a couple moments where things weren't going as great, a couple missed throws here and there. But he did what he needed to do. And he just kept the ball moving. I mean, the Bears dominated the time of possession. Yes, he had the running game, but like he managed the game effectively. And that's not a bad thing, especially for an undrafted free agent or undrafted quarterback um, coming in and just, you know, doing his thing and getting in his first start. Like we talked about almost 20 years since a Bears quarterback has won in their rookie debut. Craig Krenzel, go back to it. Kyle Orton, Mitchell Trubisky, Justin Fields. Um, I'm sure I'm missing another one, but guys who just couldn't get it done and Tyson Bajan did it. So uh, it's just super happy to see like the fact that we talked about his family being there and just how grateful he was for the opportunity. Uh, just super, super cool to see. So uh, props to him. That's a good pick. Did we mention, sorry if I missed it, that he was the D2 Heisman Trophy winner as well? It's pretty no, we did not. Yeah, it's kind of cool. Uh, all right. So pretty easy pickings for me. Uh, see what I did there? Picks. Jalen Johnson, uh, he had uh, two interceptions, including a pick six. That was something to watch. That was so fun. Uh, and aside from that, he also had two pass deflections, uh, three tackles, and two of those were solo. And I would say he didn't start great. And uh, But after the beginning, he was excellent. One of the best performances we've ever seen by Jalen Johnson. Yeah, I've got a couple of options, but I think I'm going to land on Deontay Foreman, uh, mainly because I'm just so thankful that I managed to include him in my fantasy football lineup this week. I would be uh, grief-stricken, I think, if I somehow managed to leave him out of my starting lineup. I couldn't imagine that feeling right now. Uh, But what a game. Uh, Oh, hey. Hey, Ryan. What's up, bud? (laughs) Wait, Ryan, did you? You played him. Right? Yeah. yeah yes. Him. If yeah. you had him, of yeah. course you're playing. Yeah. He's a Bears fan. Why would he right. not play Deontay Foreman? You There's knew he's no... gonna start. Right. Yeah. Obviously. Uh, so we won't we won't even talk about that. I'm just gonna assume Ryan started him and picked up 30 plus points that he that he got. Uh, anyway, 
Uh, we talked about it earlier, though. Why was this guy inactive for so long? Um, I mean, they they signed him to a nice deal in the offseason. They obviously saw some things that they liked. Uh, and I think he showed what he could do today. And what a great performance. Happy for him. And, uh, you know, happy for all the fantasy football owners that had the foresight, the smarts, to put him in their lineup this week. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to say – you're in my shout outs, you specifically, not the rest of the crew. You <laughs> might be working your way out of it. And I thought Brendan was for sure. You know, listen, I, I think the favorite co host set the tone for me this week. And the, uh, I, got the only, salty. I got a little salty. The only reason I said it is because I forgot his last, I forgot his name <laughs> at the end of the outro last week. So I wanted to try to give him a little, a little attaboy. <laughs> He's not actually my favorite. Everybody knows that. Sorry, did I spell out? Just. <laughs> <laughs> all right uh so, there wasn't it <laughs> this is this is one that you know there there might be somebody that that's better but tyler scott uh so he's got two rushes for 14 yards two rushes for 14 yards and he also had two receptions for 19 yards nothing that that stands out except for this valus jones it's time to go buddy you don't do anything here and he tyler scott is doing everything that Bayless does really, really well. It is time to get this guy some more opportunities and take Bayless and say, thank you so much, but we drafted you incorrectly when we shouldn't have had you in the first place and say, thank you so much. Good luck in your career. Somebody else will pick him up because they always do. But Tyler Scott does everything that Bayless can do. Thank you very much. Couldn't be more wrong. (laughs) Couldn't be. Jack's head was going to fall off. Doesn't Bayless Jones doesn't catch punts and Tyler Scott doesn't catch kick returns and Valus Jones catches kick returns and has given us better field position in the last two weeks by taking it out of the end zone, at least like three to five yards per clip. Plus he has been worked into the offense recently. So they're not interchangeable, Ryan. They're not, the two are not interchangeable. So Valus on receiving one uh, reception for zero yards, and that's that's it. That's his stats. He had so a great game last week. He had a great game this week. Eh. Eh. He dropped. Right. He, he dropped could break a kick return at any moment. He dropped the first kickoff return. <laughs> it was a touchback anyway. He's a liability. He's a liability. How's he liability? Has he lost? Because he's he's just as likely to fumble, fumble or drop no, the ball as he is to return. What are you talking about. That was last year. What's he done this year? Did did didn't didn't he didn't he drop the ball and then also he was saved by the fact that was it last week or two weeks ago that yes, he was, uh, last week that was, was a technicality. Oh, um, dude, he took it out on purpose because he wanted to see if he could go ahead and take it. If they didn't call it dead, then fine, I'll go take it. Just like Rogers tries to throw it up when there's a penalty. I don't know why you're stuck on this guy, Jack. He's, he's I don't know. I don't know. I, I think he had, he had might've had one return that went past the 25 yard line for the ones I saw. I, I didn't think he did, but okay. I'm going to look at he at both last okay. week and this week. He has had, I would say three to four returns that have gone out beyond the, the scrim, like the scrimmage yard. That would be if it was a touchback. I, I did not have Valus Jones being the, uh, the hot button issue tonight on my scorecard. I'm just, I didn't have that. <laughs> we, they're not interchangeable dude you, we, you we, can't just yeah, say Tyler Scott yeah, he is. return 
He's got he's got just as good a speed. I, I don't. I'm see no longer it. the least favorite co-host. <laughs> when, have, when have we seen Tyler Scott kicker? Man, I'm making enemies all across the board. Nobody likes Dangle tonight. Uh, what's up, Jack? I'm sorry, I didn't hear your question. No, what, I just what, wondered when we've seen Tyler Scott kick return and if it is any good. He hasn't given been given the opportunity to do so yet. Yeah, that so, sounds good. Do we know that he can have one? You already have one who does a good job returning the ball and who might break one. Who brings it past the line of scrimmage if it were a touchback? I, I think he, so he's me, more likely to fumble the ball than he than he no, is to return one for a, for a nice return. This year, he's not fumbled. If, but if that's time. his if that's his only value add to the team, if it's just kickoffs, is that Jack? Is that worth it in your opinion? Keep him on the roster? Probably, yeah. Really? There's Probably some- yes. Because what do you do if he doesn't kick return? Then we're back in that same rotation that we used to be in, where we're hiring guys off the street via free agency who are complete shit and don't give us a chance. I mean, we got we, Patterson. We hired years. him up off the street, right? Who's for that? a couple of years. Cordero Pat Cordero Patterson. We picked he him up. He was also off the more street. used in the offense, though, too. He's an outlier, he though. I mean, that, that guy, I mean, that guy's an outlier, isn't he? He's not. Look, let's let's be real. The Bears have a just dedicated in the year 2023, they have a dedicated kickoff returner and they have a dedicated punt returner. It's not great. Let's I, go. I, that's uh, no, no. What, what? What? How? How can you be celebrating that? If he's Devin Hester, we have a dedicated he has, and a dedicated kick returner. You would like them to be a little more. Um, what is that? Um, what was? I I don't know. That was. How did that do that? <laughs> did it just like gonna, recognize your thumb? That's so weird. It. I don't that have popcorn, so but I'm gonna I'm gonna enjoy a snack and just. I just know <laughs> no, what it was. Somebody liked what I said. Look at that. Okay. 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 We can drop it though. Seriously. But I think you're wrong. All I was going to say was like some teams, you can usually incorporate the punt returners and the kick returners more effectively in the offense. I don't see the bears doing that. Yeah. Valus Jones gets like one to two plays a game. Trent Taylor doesn't do anything. It just kind of stinks when two of your wide receivers active on game day, aren't threats on offense. That's, that's all I'm saying. Let's move on to other things because there's a lot more things to argue about. Uh, It's time to go to the outhouse. Same order, boys. My outhouse, this is easy. Matt Eberflus's mismanagement of the first half. Let me take you through a journey, friends. The Bears get the ball back after, I believe, the Raiders kicked their field goal to uh, get rid of the shutout. Um, And they get the ball back with a minute and 43 seconds after Valus returns the ball to the 20 yard line, probably instead of the 25 and keeping it. Anyway, um, the bears have it and they have all three timeouts. You would think that at minimum a field goal would have field goal would happen, but Eberflus just let Bajan and the offense do their thing. Bajan clearly was not ready to manage the uh, hurry up offense yet. Understandably. So it's his first start. You kind of expect those things. He just kind of left his quarterback out to dry. And he was taking a long time getting into the huddle, trying to get the plays. And just the fact that you did not use one timeout before, I think it was like 19 seconds. Like you let all of that time go off. Then there were penalties that moved the Bears back. It, it just like it didn't need to be as chaotic as it was. There were many, there were multiple times that the Bears could have used their timeouts. Um, on their side of the field before crossing midfield to reset things and at least attempt a field goal. Now, thankfully, the Raiders suck so bad that it wasn't an issue in the end. But if this was a more competitive team, those three points or potentially six to seven points could have really impacted the game. And so even when you're beating down an opponent, you still want to coach it effectively. So that was uh, really troubling to see with a rookie quarterback making his first start. 
That was excruciating. I mean, it just inexcusably excruciating. Just yelling at the TV, timeout, timeout, take a timeout. What the, what, what's wrong with you? What are you going to do? You're going to like turn them in at half for a hot dog? Like what? There's, you can't. You can't do anything with them. Might as well call them. Uh, I've decided to like, make myself the self-appointed third phase uh, BDCP guy. So I've got my Spidey's senses are tingling a little bit on uh, on Trenton Gill. I think he's average, maybe. Um, his statistically speaking, he's way below average in just about every statistical category. Now he's not been a liability yet, but I don't really think we found our punter with him. Uh, he's like his his net average is like 37 yards. I want to say the best in the league is like well over 47. He's not in the top 20 in any category for punters. Yes, I researched punters before I came on, so he's in my outhouse only because. I feel like we thought we had found our punter and we got rid of our old punter to the Packers and we drafted a new punter and he's just okay. I'm, I'm going to go the decision to make uh Cole commit a healthy scratch today and list him as an active. Um, what, what are you guys laughing about? He was not an active today. You're saying he did block a lot. He, he was used quite a bit on blocking, but he didn't catch a pass. And, you know, they used Darnell Wright a lot to block, I think. That they, they did. He blocked yeah. a lot. Yeah. Um, but in a, a, a heavy run game, then your inline tight end is going to probably do a lot of blocking. Yeah. Isn't this kind of like young quarterback throwing lots of passes at or near the line of scrimmage? Isn't this kind of like where you'd want your tight end to step up and, be that safety valve, be that guy. Where was he in the offense? Where was he today? Lewis did. Lewis stepped up and I think did Tunyon have a catch too? Yeah, how did how did Lewis Mercedes Lewis had a catch? Tunyon might have had a catch and Cole Komet didn't. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we need to dial up more tight end screens for Cole Komet. Luke, what do you think? What do you think screen getsy? What do you think? Maybe we need more Cole Komet screens. Hey, if it gets me a PPR point of fantasy, because I thought I thought the same thing. I thought Bajant was going to rely on him and just got me a Fat zero. Yeah. I thought so too. It would like, again, that's, that's kind of been my, my bugaboo with Komet is how the bears have misused him. I think I, I just, I don't know like that I, today was a day I would have expected Cole Komet to have a huge afternoon and well, he was absent from the offense completely. Well, but I think shells, when you talk about misusing him, maybe this actually was kind of to your point, like being more of that blocking tight end and inline tight end. I know I sort of, I sort of pushed back on it too, saying, Oh, on national tight ends day, Cole Komet had zero catches and two penalties. And Rob Schwartz came back and said, um, you know, who writes for bear goggles on, he's like, look, he was used a lot in those uh, six, seven personnel sets when there's so many runs. So the fact that you can have effective blocking tight ends and he can do both, this is what he was like called upon to do today and it worked. So yeah, I, I agree. I wish he was used more in the passing game, but I think you could say because he's a versatile tight end, he did do his job. This isn't my real one because I think overall Tyreek Stevenson had like a pretty good game. Like he, the three passes defended, um, but there's just a couple, like some of the growing pains with a young cornerback, you know, just some of the plays you're just like, why are you that far off the receiver? You know, what are you doing there? So that that's not my real one, but it just, I think you guys understand what I'm saying with that. Um, how about this defensive line? They got a sack, but they're not, 
good at rushing the passer and it's it's uh it's just so frustrating to watch just that's it that's my where's where's, is it yannick or yannick and gakwe yeah like he just uh, is that is that a fail i mean we're only what you know six seven games in but but he's not been the impact player that we had hoped at all Boys, it's time for anything that we missed. Anything we missed, same order as last time. Uh, Brendan, Jack, Patrick, and I will finish it up. Anything that we missed? Oh, man, I really wish DJ Moore caught that touchdown. I mean, I, I was shocked that he didn't. And I know the Bears still got the touchdown with Deontay Foreman. It was a nice um, throw. Was, it was a nice throw. It was throw. a great throw. It was maybe slightly behind, but you would think that DJ Moore, you know, having the hands that he does um, – was would actually bring it in he got it jarred loose unfortunately um i was kind of you're still starting to see darnell mooney not doing a whole lot um it's a little concerning when you think about his long-term prospects here with the bears is that actually going to be something that you know he signs a contract extension or not the fact that he just continues to be like we knew he was going to be second fiddle but he's like way down on that list uh it's it's just not great so i i don't really know what's going on there uh, with the offensive line, I think me and probably a lot of people need to eat some crow because of the just shit that we all talked that uh, the Bears were shuffling their offensive line yet again. They moved Tevin Jenkins over to right guard. They kept Cody Whitehair in the lineup and then took him out of center. That made sense. But, you know, starting Cody Whitehair over somebody like Jataria Carter, everybody was sort of on the, you know, Everybody was saying that that was such a mistake. They Cody Whitehair can't do anything. And you know what? They balled out today. They really did. I thought Whitehair had a decent game. The big weak link was Larry Borum. But look, he's a swing tackle. That's kind of what to expect out of somebody who's a backup. Jenkins was a monster again. Darnell Wright did his job against Max Crosby. The snaps weren't perfect, but they were better from Lucas Patrick. So I, I think the Bears kind of got it right this week with the offensive line. We'll see if that holds up next week against Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack with the Chargers. But I got to say, I was wrong. I really thought that was going to be a failure, especially on the left side, and they did pretty damn well. It's been kind of musical chairs with that offensive line, I think, for the last two years due to injury and personnel issues and free agency. So, yeah, it's hard to like be overly glowing about the offensive line, but I think you – we're absolutely right with all of your comment comments, Brendan. I mean, and just again, watching Tevin Jenkins is, is incredibly fun. Yeah. It is a treaty. It's just a road grader. Um, you know, the bears held, uh, the Raiders to 235 total yards. Um, and they were two of nine in third down efficiency while the bears were eight of 13. Um, bears won time of possession, uh, statistically speaking, uh, the Bears had a nice night. Now, the nine penalties for 110 yards, I mentioned that, I think, right at the beginning of the show, and I didn't get a chance to look, but I, I am curious to see where the Bears rank in terms of penalized teams in the NFL. I'm going to guess they're somewhere right now, probably in the top 10, if not five. It seems like somehow we just lost a handle on that from last year, something that we were excellent at in terms of keeping penalties down. Sheldon, uh oh, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking at my notes here. I got a few. I, mm. The throw to Moore, that I thought Tyson Bajan's best pass, second quarter, uh, maybe about twelve minutes left. 
and it was like third and 10. And uh, he put the ball. I thought it was his, I, I know he didn't have any opportunities downfield, so we didn't get to see a whole lot, but I would have liked to have seen more. Cause I, I think the kid's more capable than, than the offense that they called today for him. I think it was, it was training wheels on for sure. Uh, for his first start, but that throw to Moore, he put it low and away, um, away from the defender. I, I thought that was a great throw on the move, escaping the pocket. Um, that to me was like the most intriguing Tyson Bajan play of the day. And it may have seemed kind of in, inconsequential, but that really was, uh, I, I like that. And I want to see a little bit more out of him next week. If he's, if he's playing, uh, I'm going to rely on you guys a little bit here. Cause again, I, I wasn't really able to watch or listen to the game, but they had a, the, I think it was the same series. They had a, a tush push and, uh, Bajan, um, I don't know if he did it on his own. I don't know if that was the play design, but he immediately took the ball and went hard right around the tackle as the defender was flying in. And I, I couldn't hear the, the announcers was that, I thought that was great. I was like, if that was sort of an ad lib by him, that was amazing. But um, that was that was kind of a, a cool play to me. I don't know. Did was that sort of the design? Were they saying, or was that just sort of him reading the play and realizing they were going to send people over the top of the center? Looked like he did that on his own. Honestly, did he? It looked like yeah. maybe yeah. he, you know, he, he perhaps saw what's his nuts, who's never missed a game and all the time he's ever played Crosby. Uh, yeah. yeah, like he was like projectile launching himself and maybe saw him coming and seemed to like step to the right and then and then really nicely quickly like yeah. get back to the line of scrimmage and drive. Yeah, I I would say I made a note as I was watching it and I said if if that was him on his own, then kudos to him. That was a pretty savvy play for an undrafted uh free agent in his first game. Uh and then uh YGK made a made a comment about uh, fields earlier that I wanted to address. He had asked if, if fields, it looks sad. And I actually want to give fields a shout out because if you looked at the post game, uh, speech, he was in the background standing up at his locker and he looked thrilled for the kid. And, and I know there's some shots of him on the bench too, where he looked really happy. So, uh, you know, things haven't obviously gone the way I think fields probably hopes his, his time in Chicago so far would have gone, but by all accounts, he's the consummate pro and has been helping Bajan and is really genuinely happy for him. So, uh, shout out to Fields. I know we're not in the shadow portion. Um, and then the last observation in, in the same clip, I sort of am starting to feel kind of bad for Eberflus. He uh, he just seems sort of out of sorts and awkward and uncomfortable and just kind of maybe happy to be there and not be fired yet. He's sort of got that vibe where I'm just I'm just happy I'm still getting a paycheck and. Uh, you could tell a little bit of the confidence is gone, but he did call a great game on the defensive side. Um, so I, I, I was happy for him to get a win because he does seem like a genuinely nice guy, but uh, it just doesn't seem like he's maybe head coach material. So those are my only my only observations in a limited amount that I got to see today as I was uh, playing Canasta all weekend with my Army buddies. Perfect timing. Our good friend Joe Fusco, who is a Raiders fan, uh, Fire McDaniels. Uh, we we love him. We wish we could play him on a regular basis. Um, that would just just be awesome. Uh, I got a couple things. Uh, it was the Raiders. Uh, you know, Joe. I seriously, that was in my notes. That wasn't just because you showed up. Um, you know, Josh McDaniels is a terrible head 
football coach. Um, you know, I, I know they they had a better record than the Bears, but they're not a good football team. Um, and so, you know, I, I I am very excited about the win. You should be very excited about the win. I'm very excited for Tyson Bajant. I'm excited for all those things. The Bears looked good today, but I do want to. They played the Raiders. Um, with that being said, I do need to. I have been hypercritical of Matt Eberflus uh, when he was hired, um, basically all of last season, all of this season, and he had a really good defensive game plan. So I have to give credit where credit is due. Uh, I, you know, he he had the Raiders frustrated, and you know, to to win the way that they did um, is is hats off to him. Yeah, good good for you, dude. Uh, the Green Bay Packers lost to the Denver Broncos. The Bears and the Packers have the same amount of wins this season. Oh, you know what else happened, Ryan? You know what else happened? Jordan Love threw a game-sealing pick on the final drive for the second game in a row. I, oh, yeah, I hate so, to see it. It's not a good thing, though. Like, I I need him to be a modicum better. Like, I need him to be just a scotch better because I want him back next year. Did they move on back next year? He is back. I was just gonna say he is back next year because he signed a contract extension. So he's not gonna be. He's not gonna be their guy. He can't. Like, did you see Lafleur's face after that interception on the sideline? He was like, for a good fifteen seconds, just staring off into space. Like, what in the was he doing? Like, you could tell the frustration. Uh, in his, you could see it in his face. There's no way he's their starting quarterback next year. They're in line for the seventh pick right now. They're they're, they're going to draft somebody probably, yes. but it is but it is the Green Bay Packers and their first round draft follies. Like I, you never know what they're doing with their first round draft pick. It's it was never getting a wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers who wanted one desperately. So yeah, I don't. Yeah, I I was the guy in our text thread that said. I'm afraid that Jordan Love might be good, but I think that was more just because uh, he tear he tore apart the Bears and then had an okay week the following week. Um, I, I'm wrong, and I'm and I'm very very happy to be wrong in that one. It's a lot of Dangle being wrong tonight. That's that's what this podcast is all about. <laughs> all right, so one more thing that I want to throw out here to to everybody. So next up is the Chargers, two and four. Not as good a football team as I thought that they were going to be this season, though they've had a pretty tough schedule. The New Orleans Saints are three and four. The Carolina Panthers are stinky at 0 and 6. And the Detroit Lions, five and two, but getting smacked around by the, um, excuse me, by the Baltimore Ravens today was not something that I had on my, my bingo card. Boys, so in those next four games, Chargers two and four, Saints three and four, Carolina zero and six, Lions five and two. How many wins do you realistically think the Bears can pull off? Uh, for those of you that are still hanging out with us in the comment section, let us know. So that's four games. What do you think the Bears' record is going to be in those four games? Same order, boys. Uh, that's I, screw it. I'll say two and two, even though if I don't fully believe it. Um. I think the Chargers win their game is a little bit winnable. I know it depends on who the quarterback is going to be. Bears fans travel, okay? That place is going to be rocking as a Bears home game. And I'm surprised that they're nine-point underdogs. That's shocking that the Bears are nine-point underdogs already. Um, I don't know if they'll win, but I think it's going to be a close game. Uh, Panthers, I think they're going to win. Um, Saints, earlier in the season, I would have said no, but that team is just doggy doo-doo, and Derek Carr wants to yell at every person, you know, and their grandmother. So I just don't know how 
good that team's going to be. So maybe, maybe there's a win there. And then I don't think they're going to beat the Lions still. I think this is a wake up call for the Lions. And I think they're going to get back on track. But I'll be, I'll be optimistic and say two to two. You know what? I'll take your two and two and up it to three and one, brothers. They're going to pull an upset in the Chargers. Uh, You're absolutely right about New Orleans. Uh, Carr is is terrible and has the ability to bring down any team he plays on. The the guy is – he's like such an imposter. Panthers is a dub, and then Detroit will beat them. What are you smoking? Because I want some of that. Three and one? Three and one? <laughs> what? Eberflus has won five games in two seasons, and we're saying, hey, they're going to the Super Bowl. Mark it down, three and boys. One. Mark it down. Right. Three and one. I am. I'm going I'm to do that right now. Yeah. I'm I'm going to go one and three. <laughs> yeah, he says. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm going to go one and three. I maybe, maybe they've got a shot at the chargers, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to go with the better quarterback in that scenario every time. Um, New Orleans defense is really good. I agree with you. Uh, what everybody said about Carr, but their defense is really good and has the, the ability to expose young quarterbacks as they did with Jordan love when they played him. They're just, they get after the quarterback. Uh, so I don't think that's going to be an easy game by any stretch. And uh, the Lions, they, I mean, they've shorted today. They looked pretty good. Obviously, the Panthers are are an absolute abomination. But uh, um, I, I don't know. I can't get I can't get optimistic or fired up about this team right now. I just I, I want to enjoy Tyson Bajan's cool moment, and that's it. And then think about tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. What what in three? This is a it's a bad football team that played a bad football team today and had a really good game plan for it. Uh, but remember last week we we're like, ah, the bears, they might be on a win streak. And then they didn't win because they're a very bad football team. And so, yeah, I just, I don't, I don't see it happening. I also, I get a strange sense that when they go to play the Carolina Panthers, it's going to come down to the wire and that they're going to play really, really bad for most of that game, win it, but not by much. I just, I got a I got a sneaking feeling that that this the the bad of this team shows up. Jack, I think I yeah. hope you're right. I hope you're right, but I don't think you're right. I do too. I think the Panthers honestly, like Bryce Young's playing a little bit better. They're probably gonna find their footing. It's they're not gonna go winless. Okay, they're gonna get a win or two. Things are gonna look up. Well, maybe that could be against the Bears. I don't know. And that's a fair point, Daniel. Thielen. Like that dude's career is is starting to to rekindle just a little bit. I mean, he has been very very good the last couple of weeks on my fantasy team. I start him, you know, but it don't job, start. Man. He's Deontay on a bye Foreman. this week. Good job. Yes. Oh, I know. I know. My entire team was on a bye except for Deontay Foreman. He was on the bench. Oh, did you bench him? I forgot. Oh, yes, yes, I do. <laughs> All right, boys. Anything else? Anything else? Uh, any any last questions from any of you in the in the comment section that we possibly missed uh, that we need to talk about? Because otherwise, it is time to get to shoutouts. Anything else, boys? I don't think so. I think we're good. I don't see any questions popping up in the comment section, so it is time to get out of here, boys. Let's head to shoutouts. So same order. We let's if if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Uh, let's go, Brendan Shagru, Jack Wright, Patrick Sheldon, and I will finish it up. 
I got two quick ones. Uh, shout out to this is probably collective shout out, but we got to shout out Heidi once again uh, for coming from Mexico to Chicago. She was documenting her trip, just you know, um, hanging out in the city. She was meeting like you know different people. I think like other people from other countries, and she's like, "Oh, everybody was so nice and taking pictures of people." And I just tweeted out, "I was like, Chicago is a better city with Heidi." Zimmerman in it like she is the best person she's so positive she's such a great listener and such a great supporter for us um and so I'm so 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 happy that she was able to see a win and just hopefully enjoy her time in Chicago um it would have been great to be able to meet up with her but obviously like you know we're all out in the suburbs I was hoping to make it maybe go to the game um earlier in the season but it just you know wasn't going to happen and then uh somebody else who came from um another country actually tj brooks uh for giving the shout out to heidi uh perfect timing because i believe uh nancy uh bears girl on twitter was also at the game uh she came down from canada uh hey. we love canada we got our you know favorite canadians here um but she came down for the game and was able to see it as well uh so just really really cool um you know just i'm so happy for like you know the the foreign our how do i say this our foreign bears fans, because it's so hard for, for people to like see games and they spend so much time and money and effort to actually come down to Chicago and see games, even just watch games too. So the fact that the bears were able to get a win for them was awesome. And then a quick shout out to uh, Michael Piff. Um, <laughs> I tweeted out a stat that I just thought was so stupid that I wanted to get it out there. Basically, the crux of it was that uh, the Bears have as much chance of winning as the Long Grove Bridge has a chance of being hit. And Sheldon, for I don't know if you'd understand, it's this old historic bridge in the suburbs of Chicago. It's really low, and there's very clear warning signs for trucks to not go under it. But people hit it all the time. It's been hit 50 <laughs> times since it reopened in 2020. And so I basically said, the Long Grove Bridge has a chance to get hit as much as a chance as the Bears have. Uh, to get a win and Michael Piff like loved that and uh, it was just really fun so shout out to him I appreciate people who um, get a kick out of, the, out of the stupid stuff that I post I get a kick out of the stupid stuff that you post all the time Renan and also the intelligent stuff because there's a lot of that as well um, yeah uh, a couple of um, ooh, Tyreek just scored let's go uh, yes. a couple of things uh, <laughs> so uh, does Heidi get a pass on missing the show tonight? I mean, I guess she does. She's probably somewhere downtown, uh, having a few cocktails. So, um, she should be, um, she should be celebrating tonight. Celebrate that bears victory. A couple of shout outs for me. Uh, so rusty and I had a, a back and forth that I greatly enjoyed, uh, just about, um, our <clears throat> confusion, uh, with, uh, Luke Getzey. So rusty at R U S T Y J 54, uh, shout out to you. And then um, shout out to uh, the Sycamore Spartans who did lose Friday night and are not undefeated. They sadly lost to the Morris Redskins. That's right. They're still the Redskins. Anyway, they lost to the Morris Redskins. That's the bad news. The good news is they went eight and one. Uh, they're in the playoffs, the Sycamore Spartans. They play Evergreen Park uh, at Sycamore on uh, Friday night at seven. So good luck in the playoffs to the Spartans. And then this was kind of cool. I was sitting in the stands uh, and my, my daughter was a couple rows ahead of me. And she says, Hey dad, dad, Drake wants to tell you something. And this kid was kind of sitting like, like huddling down with his hoodie over his hat. And he turned around and he's like, I follow you on Twitter. 
and it was really cool. And I was like, oh, bud. Uh, so to Drake Crittenden, uh, who is uh, at MLB season, uh, shout out to you, man. Thanks for listening and thanks for uh, for following me. I really appreciate that. And then lastly, shout out to my brother who was in the comments tonight. <clears throat> Michael Wright. Man, I, I, I hope no kids are following me. I'm just starting to think of the things that I've posted on Twitter in the last like 48 hours and thinking I, I hope no kids follow me. <laughs> but that's that's a cool story, Jack. Uh, I got a couple quick shout-outs. I want to shout-out Steve Nagishi. He's at Asian Sports Fan 1, uh, host of the Double Eighteen podcast, had me on a couple weeks ago. Uh, I had a blast with him. He's a really, really genuinely good guy. Uh, who I've known for for a while, going back to my uh, DWC days over at Fansided, and uh, it's just a great dude. So um, thank you for having me on. I had a really good time uh, chatting bears with you. And then uh, our good friend, another good friend of the pod, uh, Cam Ellis at Kingsley Ellis. I was going to say a that. Yes. Rumor going around that he got married over the weekend. And uh, Cam, don't worry about it. I'm sure invitation lost in the mail. You know how crazy it is right now. Post office. Uh, is having all sorts of problems. So, uh, I mean, could have emailed it to, or, you know, texted me or DMs are open to, I think on, on to anyway, not important. What is important is you got married and we're thrilled. We're very happy for you. Uh, one of my favorite follows on Twitter, uh, was devastated the day he left, um, the bears beat. Uh, but I know he's doing wonderful things now and happy for him and uh, a wonderful personal milestone. So, uh, congratulations to cam and, and best of luck to you and the new bride. That's awesome. I love Cam Ellis. I love Cam Ellis. He's a wonderful guy. We were supposed to have him on when Denver came, but but we were so angry. I was actually going to ask. I like. I I was. I almost said that. I was like, "Oh, we missed a great chance to have Cam on." But I'm sure you asked him, and you know, I I didn't. I was. I was really angry, and I'm also. I'm also been kind of busy with you know baby stuff and all that. Sort no, of no, stuff. for sure. Yeah, I just and it wasn't anything like I know we've been giving you crap, but it was just one of those like oh shoot, like what you know. But but I need good. to DM him right now. So good for good for Cam. Um, okay, so I've got a couple. Uh, first one is going to Kyle George. He's at Furious George ninety four. Um, he follows our podcast. He's got his own podcast and he does great work. Um, but it was just really really cool to. Uh, he tweeted something about how I basically said I don't care about. Head coach is getting fired. Um, and, you know, it's one of those moments he caught me in an angry moment and uh, he laughed about it. And so that's good. That's what this this whole thing is uh, is for. Right. We're, we're having fun. We're having a good time. Uh, so appreciate you, buddy. And I hope that you are well. Um, my next one goes to. Patrick Sheldon, uh, Patrick Sheldon, I came home <laughs> and there was a giant box from Amazon. And my first thought was. Oh my God! What did what what did my wife do? What did I do? I don't remember. Did I? And I'm not drinking, but did I get drunk and and buy something? And instead, it was a giant box of diapers. Which any of you that are parents out there, you just you go through those things like crazy. So shells, like seriously, dude, I I called you the second I possibly could, and Sheldon did the thing that you're supposed to do. Hey, I'm on speakerphone with my kid in the back seat. <laughs> <laughs> because I was not about to use proper language, not podcast appropriate language. I was about to say some some very terrible things. Uh, and so, Sheldon, that was that was really, really, really cool, dude. And trust me, we will use those. Rylan is just 
firing through them as fast as she possibly can. Um, and the last one goes to my pops, my dad. Um, I think um, I've said this before, maybe on the pod. I'm going to get real serious for a moment. Um, I was adopted at birth and I have had an crazy opportunity. It was the, like under the most unusual circumstances as part of a closed adoption, but I got to meet my biological family. And let me just say, um, I lucked out big, 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 big time. Um, and my father was in town this weekend. I'm gonna get teared up just thinking about it. Uh, that man, just so many sacrifices for me and just, uh, to have him around, we spent the entire afternoon building a giant doll house for my daughter with the bears game on in the background. And we just, we laughed and it was just funny because I was always the one watching and holding things in a flashlight, um, and basically putting things together on my, you know, like trying to help my dad. And this was the first time that he was just kind of assisting as I was doing all of this. And it was just, was a really, really cool moment. Pops, I love you very, very, very much. And uh, yeah, I just love you, buddy. Um, for all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, we know you can get your Bears content anywhere. All of you guys, uh, as Jack said it in the comment section, that was awesome to see today. We appreciate that so very much. You can like, you can, some, can subscribe, you can share with a friend, whatever you got to do, please help us out. Leave a five-star review, whatever you can. It, it, it means so very, very, very much to us. And, uh, man, there's just so many Bears podcasts and you guys hanging out with us. Just, it means more than we can say. So for all of us at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, that's Brennan Chagru, Logan Bradley. Logan Bradley should go to the Chargers game. He's in LA. He should go, but he's probably going to be working the baseball stuff, but he's there. So Brennan Chagru, just in case I, I miss it. So Brennan Chagru, he's on the podcast. Jack Wright, <laughs> Patrick Sheldon. I'm Ryan Dangle. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, folks, thank you so, so very much. And as always, Bear Down Chicago. <laughs>